It's episode 174. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at with your host, Shane Chapman and Way Red. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Welcome. Bryce, I want some more volume in my headphones. Oh. Let's fix that live now. Is that this one? Thanks. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. We're on a bit of a hiatus because we've been busy with home shows, so apologies for the bit of a break. Um, but now the good news is that you're going to get a whole bunch of episodes posted all at once and some good Back to back to back to back. To do. Today in the studio, we've got the folks from GH Leveler, Jeff and Colette. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah. thanks for having us. So it worked out really well because you had to bring us some product anyway. Exactly, so yep. Yep. Might as well get the podcast done yeah. as well. Kill yeah, two exactly. stones with one bird. That's right. <laughs> two stones <laughs> with one bird. <laughs> um, we usually kind of mess around for a little bit today, but we won't in, in like to save you some time. Yeah, we but, have guests uh, here yeah, today, so we got to so keep on our best behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but since you guys are very well known to at least Saskatchewan Lumberyards that you're in and around quite a bit because you guys are from Saskatchewan, right. Morris. Exactly. Uh, but for those listening, because it's half 75% of our audience is in the States, they might not yep. know who you are. So why don't you give us a quick uh, introduction to yourselves personally, where you're from, what you do, and uh, then tell us about the leveler a little bit. I'll Go let ahead. you start. Okay. <laughs> well, Jeff Heschel, uh, we've got a product called the leveler. Uh, we're based out of Morse, Saskatchewan. So just uh, 125 miles uh, west of here on the number one highway. And we manufacture and sell uh, the leveler footing, an adjustable universal footing for deck steps, patios, actually uh, any product. And it's a, a pretty simple product. Uh, basically, it works like the adjuster on your deep freeze or on your fridge, where if it's on level, you can screw it in or screw it out and level your project. So that's uh, one of the things that we do. And, uh, of course, spring, uh, that's something that... Uh, that we get b really busy with this time of year. Yeah, so and I'm Colette, I'm Jeff's wife, and I'm originally from Willowbunch, Saskatchewan. There we go, the yeah. lovely town of Willowbunch. <laughs> I'm very, In very the valley. familiar. You're yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful little it's town. It's a beautiful little it place. Nice. It's yeah. gorgeous, yeah. Nice little golf course, course and park there. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Yep. So yeah, so we started this in, two th well, Jeff actually built a deck um, at our home in 2009. Yeah. And yeah, so, and he couldn't find anything that he felt like worked or looked good. So yeah. he went and built it. And then when oil and gas crashed a few years later, then we thought, well, we have a little more time on our hands. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, pursue this. So we did. So what were you guys doing at the time before you came up with this little invention? What was your, what were your day jobs? Well, we, we also have a company called GH Well Services. Uh, we provide boilers and uh, volume fluid heating uh, to the oil and gas industry. And of course, everybody uh, who's in that industry knows that it crashed uh, pretty hard. So um, for us, it was kind of a wake-up call. We kind of thought, well, what can we do now in order to try and, and use kind of a lot of the resources that we have? Yep. So we've got it. We had a shop and, and welders and some extra staff. So we decided, well... I got thinking about this leveler that I'd built for my deck and 
I had lots of people over the years ask about it and ask me where I got it and where they could buy them. And I just said, well, I just went down the shop and built it. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't. But then, so when it crashed, I thought, you know, maybe I should pursue this because it's something that we can do. We've got the resources to do it. And I also got thinking of a lot of people, you know, we've all got uncles or dads or whatever that have built something Mm -hmm. And then five or 10 years later down the road said, I should have patented that. You right. know, I should, yeah. have, should have sold that. So I thought, well, I'm going to seize the opportunity now. This is a sign. And that's exactly what I did. So, so like you said, it's a fairly simple project and you made it out of things that were kind of already in your shop, presumably the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what didn't you like about what was on the market at the time that you felt like you needed to, to make your own? Well, you know, there was products on the, on the market at the time that you could use where in our town, we've got a very high uh, water table, okay. uh, very saline soil. So kind of like Regina here. Uh, so kind of like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Saskatchewan. And, and heaving <laughs> is a big problem. Yeah. So I knew, and a lot of the decks there are built on grade, like they're built, uh, you know, not with uh, large piles and stuff like that because mm -hmm. it's an issue. Uh, because if they don't move, then the house will move, especially the older houses. Right. Yeah. You know? So uh, I went out to buy a product to do that, and most of them were made out of threaded rod and a little bit of square tubing, and they to me looked ugly and they looked flimsy, mm -hmm. and they didn't look like they belonged, and they weren't that user friendly. You had to put them in a pyramid block, and so uh, if yeah. it's at the edge of your deck, it was hard to finish. So I just thought there's something that could be simpler, more aesthetically pleasing and easier. So that's how I came up with it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that people have adopted them so quickly and easily is because of the aesthetic. They just them. look so much better. Because there is that, pro like the old, whatever you want to call them, cottage blocks, elephant feet, yeah. pyramid blocks, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to call them, they're, they're ugly. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah they're, they're ugly. Aesthetically yeah. not nice to look at. The other problem that we always ran into is if somebody was doing a you know, a low to the ground deck yeah. with a flush beam at the end and the post dropped at the edge of the deck. Well, those feet would, they would, they flared right. out. They make the, the whole. So they stuck past footprint. the edge of the deck. Yeah. And then that person's like, well, I want to close my deck in, but those blocks are in the way. Yeah. And you couldn't do it every time. And you're yeah. like, well, yeah, the blocks are in the way. Mm -hmm. You'll just leave those kind of exposed. Yeah. But with your product, you don't have to. They're, they hide perfectly underneath the four by four or six by six posts. They don't, they don't stick out at all. No. So it's right. easy. Like I've done them when I was still built, I was done building, but helped my neighbor do a deck. And we just, we put a post sleeve over the thing and it hid the whole the level of hit rate underneath yep. it. You could slide yep. it up to get at it, to adjust it and slide it back down, but you can hide them. No problem. Yeah. Which is nice aesthetically. Yep. Yep. And I think the other thing for that type of deck as well is before the leveler came along, you would go get one of these threaded rod things and you had maybe a nine inch one or a 12 inch one. And so when you tried to build a deck straight out your front door, you still ended up having to excavate down quite a bit to right, get these yep. darn mm -hmm. things in there, which was, you know, a pain. Whereas now, you know, you could just uh, have your ground prepped with your crushed rock or gravel or whatever and, and stick them right on that. You don't have to excavate down yep. and yet get nice and low to the ground. Yeah, because yeah. your product probably only adds about three to four inches yes, yeah. to exactly. the overall height of the deck, so it can still stay pretty right. non-suspect. Yeah. Right, but then it's also fully customizable. It's like making your own telepost or jack post, yeah. Yeah. right? You just cut the post whatever size you need it and then add the leveler to it. Right, right. 
Um, how'd you come up with the name? <laughs> yeah, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, I, you mentioned before that you, you called the other ones those threaded rod thingies. I was thinking maybe yeah. you should have used that for your name. <laughs> threaded rod, the threaded rod thingy. You know, it was interesting. The leveler seems like such a, a simple and easy name for it. Yeah, uh, I was concerned when I come up with that name. Would we be able to trademark that name? Yeah, yeah. and because obviously, you know it's probably out there right and actually we were able to trademark that really yeah, the only difference it. is the leveler has two l's uh in leveler instead of one l uh, right but okay. uh but sometimes when you've got a really descriptive name they're hard to trademark but we were able to do that so mm. probably because there's been so many people in the past that have all like had their product for doing whatever it does and they're they also thought the same thing. Well, we'll never be able to just call it the leveler. Yeah. <laughs> like that'll be yeah. gone already and nobody ever yeah. looks into it. Right? No one ever exactly. tries. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay. So from the time that you guys built your first set for your own deck to the time that you had the like, oh, maybe I should make these. What, what kind of time span? You mentioned a couple of years at least. Well, yeah, because oil and gas crashed in 2014. We weren't impacted until 15. Right. So it was like six years, so I 2009 guess. 2009 you yeah. made them for your dad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's when Jeff started. He did a patent search first, of course, and right. it came back clean. So then we applied for a patent, and we actually now are a patent. We have a patent in the patent U.S. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah we have yeah, our we U.S. patent, yeah. and, uh, and we're working on the Canadian one right now. Yeah. So is that process for getting a patent as scary and expensive as they say it, it is? It's long. You don't need to tell me dollars, but <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, especially I think in the last few years, uh, I think with COVID, there's been a lot of people sitting around and brainstorming <laughs> and, and right, coming up with flooding ideas. the patent office. Yeah. So that's, that's been long. But the thing is when you patent something, no matter what it is, there's always going to be similar products out there, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, whether they do the same thing uh, or not, the, their, the application can be similar. So you have to be prepared to spend not only the money to to get all your patent documents made and yeah. submitted, but then you have to spend money to defend it because the patent agents, yeah. their job is to make sure that you're proprietary, that what they patent is something that you've got a different nuance than, than somebody else. Right. And they'll challenge you on that. And depending on your patent agent, uh, it can be really arduous. Our patent agent in the U.S., was arduous. very arduous. I mean, he challenged us off uh, furniture built in Germany in the 1800s. You know, <laughs> wow. like holy it, you know, and every you know every time you gotta you have to answer it, that. It took seven years because we started yeah. that process in wow. 15, yeah. and we we got the patent this year. Wow! And so they're, they expire, right? They're, they're 20, twenty years. Or so, after twenty years. You get it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you can renew it, or it just becomes open. Then it, it, be, it becomes open. Now, I guess if you wanted to go through that, you could make some sort of change uh, to it. Right. Or, um, you paint, know. Paint it blue instead. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's things yeah. you can do in order to make it proprietary again. Right. Uh, but the, the, the good part for me, I mean, I really wasn't phased by the time span it took. Yeah. Because as soon as you become patent pending, as soon as you sub your application to the patent offices and we submitted ours to the Canadian and the US patent offices then you're proprietary so oh. that time so that it protected. takes to get your patent um, you're still protected right so it's like free marketing time 
So. I see. I always kind of wondered yeah. about that when you saw patent pending on things. I was like, yeah. what's yeah. the benefit of doing that? Just to say that you're working on it. But I guess yeah. if it gives you some protections it during does. that period, yeah. that's good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what what was the, when you first decided to start manufacturing, is, I guess, first of all, before I get there, has it changed from the time you first made your very first set to now? Have you changed anything about it or is it still the exact same? It has changed a little bit. Um, just because when we first, when I first made it, it was stuff that was laying around my shop. So I had, you know, <laughs> big washers that I had, you know, used on a trailer frame and yeah. had these bolts right. laying around and, and I made it out of that. And then, uh, I started buying a, a stock washer for that and making jigs to drill it out and stuff. And it eventually progressed to now. And where we, and we hand, like we painted. Oh yeah. We paint them. them by hand. Yeah, I, I, I made a jig and stuff and now they're they're built by a manufacturer for us right. in Oakville, Manitoba. Uh -huh. They're uh, this, the washer parts, the top and the bottom are all laser cut okay. and um, cool. they're welded by a robot and then powder coated. And uh, so, so that part is, it's you, changed a little bit. You also yeah. changed the diameter of the, the holes. The original holes. Yeah. When I built the first one, it would take like about a number eight or number 10 uh, deck screw to hold them on. Right. But as we got into it, we found out that uh, a lot of people are using uh, different kinds of fasteners and, sure. and mm -hmm. structural fasteners for that. So we made that hole, those three holes, we made them a quarter inch to take different kinds of fasteners. Right. I see. So that's really the only difference. The application is the same, but it has evolved a little bit. Yeah. And then, of course, we also developed the leveler base plate. Uh, right. which could yeah. be added to it. You can still adjust it. And it, it, it's just an, an add-on. Sometimes contractors, I think if they're up to a little bit of extra scrutiny from an from a inspector or something, they like to add them on. Uh, some people that like seeing saddles like to add them on. Mm -hmm. So it, it's um, something that's not necessary because everything where the leveler is used is weight-bearing. Yep. But the customers were asking us for it. So we developed them. So. so, and that's because the, the, the leveler kind of almost floats on the ground. You could tap caught it down or something if you wanted yes. to, but, you could. but the, the plate came out to give it lateral support. So it couldn't be kind of bumped or kicked right. laterally. Right. Is that right. right. And the thing is, if you would tap on it down as well. for uplift too, yeah, yeah. Of course. In the yeah. US, they mm. obviously have is that more the intent of it? Yes. That's for the uplift the more than the lateral. The, that's the biggest reason that we developed it was for yes. uplift in the U.S. market. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So, but then we found that people were just buying them, you know, yep. anyhow. we'd So we just kept building them. And then, of course, the leveler could be fastened down itself without the plate going. The plate is beveled, so it'll slip over top, and you can still adjust it at any time. Yeah. But if you would attach the leveler down and screw it down, you'd have to take the screws out to adjust it. Right. Uh, okay. Where with the plate, you don't have to. But still, probably about 80% of the people still use them without the plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's kind of what we see too. The plates don't yeah. sell a, a whole bunch, but maybe yeah. a few a year kind of things. So. Yeah, I'd say maybe 10, 10 or 15% of our sales are the plates. Right. So, okay. But So, tell me about the first time that you took this into a lumberyard or a store or, or I don't know how you decided to start getting this like out of the shop and into a store somewhere, but like, how did that go? What was the response that you got? That was good. So... When I decided that we were going to pursue this thing, uh, instead of spending a whole bunch of money on my patents and stuff like that, I did my patent search. My patent search come back clean so that I knew I could probably had 
would have some success getting a patent. Right. So the next thing I did is I just printed myself up a non-disclosure uh, a piece of paper, and I took it to uh, a lumber store in Moose Jaw. Yeah. And the fella that owns it uh, said, we'll get our staff around, and we'll take a look at this thing, and we'll see what they say. So I had him sign the non-disclosure. We went around the lumber desk. I said, you know, I've developed this. Um, I used it on my own deck. And so what do you guys think of this thing? Do you think you'll be able to sell it? Right. And uh, they said, man, we think we can sell the heck out of that thing. So then I knew, you know, it, it yeah. reaffirmed. I thought, you know, we probably could, but it reaffirmed that. So then what we did do, then I started manufacturing them and uh, taking them to retailers around. We, yeah, we did a really soft launch around like the Morris area, really. Mm. We did, you know, Moosja, Swift Current, and yep. and we were getting reorders in November because we only got our patent, like the patent the pending, pending status. Pan, yeah, in August. So it, the season was kind of done. Right. But so we were pleasantly surprised that we were getting reorders in November, and it's like, wow. Yeah. We hadn't anticipated that, so that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, because that's, that's one thing that, you hear from a lot of new businesses too. It's like, it's, it's getting the sell in in the first place is tough, but it's like, you don't actually know if it's working until you get the reorders. Yes. That's right. Exactly. Cause yeah. you might be able to fool somebody to bring something on one time, Yep. but if yep. it's no good, you'll never get the reorder. Yeah. So that's, and it's, that's cool that it actually happened kind of in the off season that you're starting to see those popping up. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. You're yeah. Onto something. so it was an affirmation for us that to keep continuing with this and, and, you know, get after it and start building these things. Wow. Yeah, because we discovered that people don't only use them for their steps, decks, and patios. They use them for all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's, yeah. I have that written down here. I was like, I want to ask this question. What's the what's the oddest or the weirdest thing you've heard somebody using them for? Or do you get that kind of feedback? You know, they use them for everything. Didn't we, we just have a maple syrup? We pack? had a guy uh, just bought some uh, out in, I think he was in Quebec. And he's has these big drums of maple syrup. And the stand that he has for him is for whatever always shifting so he bought him to weld on this stand wow. to level it but i mean we've had we've had um retailers in sherwood park alberta uh sell them to um industrial type applications like tank farms and stuff like that um a guy in a uh calgary uh owned a bar and his he had those big old rustic bar tables mm -hmm. and you know what that's like and kind yeah of a wood they plank were, floor and, yeah. and the tables were always moving so he, so he bought them and installed them in in there and yeah. that's a good idea so he could stop folding up coasters and putting yes. them under exactly <laughs> right yeah, yeah exactly we had a farmer buy him to lift up his grain tank uh to change out the load cells he stuck him in there and just screwed and lifted the grain tank high enough that he could get out his load cells and then it worked great and it kept everything nice and even and, and lined up. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a real simple thing that people buy and, and use them for, you name it. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. So that was um, 2015 then? Is that when you kind of got it into your first store? 15, 16? Uh, 20, yes, 20. Well, it was the end of 2015. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so in the beginning, I'm curious about this. In the beginning, how many could you make in a single like day? Well, when we were revved up, I'd, it kind of progressed too. I mean, first I'd built a little jig yeah. that I could uh, clamp everything and weld it myself. And then it got busier. Right. So then I built another jig that it worked a lot quicker. It, it quick clamped a lot quicker and started going with that. And that lasted 
a month and and we and I couldn't keep up. <laughs> so then I built these great big jigs uh, that you could load them up. Oh, you and could do a bunch. One guy would load them, and one guy would weld. We had the whole family down. There. Yeah. So, so kids get down here. At help. that time, you were still taking a big washer and a nut no, and welding by that, it to it. By that time, we were subcontracting the laser cutting out. I so see. we'd get yeah. our the plates all laser cut, and then they'd send them to you know I'd go pick them up, and then we'd 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 build them at our shop. But you'd have to weld the bolt on, or that was part that came. Yeah, we had to. Or sorry, the the nut on. Yeah, yeah, the nut and the top uh, round plate. And also the bolt and the bottom round plate were all welded on. Oh, yeah, and I guess that piece is welded too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and those all sat in the jig, and they were all welded from the bottom, you know. And, uh, yeah, it just, so these, it, and that went super quick. Uh, to answer your question, we probably could have, at that time, we were probably turning out probably up to a couple hundred a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. If we'd So, of course, we had other businesses too we were doing other things mm -hmm. but when the leveler re really started to get busy we'd you know pick a couple of days a week and really buckle down and get after it and and yeah. build them and then i had i had uh one fellow that had worked for me for many years uh it before the leveler um you know if there was nothing doing he'd be working on a truck or whatever but when the leveler came along then that's what he was doing he always had something to do yeah cool yeah. Yeah. So, I need to go back because I said yeah. 2015 we did that isn't it was 2017. Yeah, I think we did the soft launch when you yeah. first kind of got yeah, into retail. 15 is mm. kind of when he started thinking about that. Right. And process. so when did you have to start looking at manufacturing? Like when did you outgrow your own capacity? Well, I didn't get in it to be the manufacturer. Yep. I mean, I had the wherewithal to do that, uh, but I knew I I knew I had a good product and. Uh, I knew it was a sales game, right? The more people that you let know about your product, the more retailers you get it in, the more you're going to sell. Mm -hmm. So I knew that um, we weren't going to be able to stay manufacturing. We built the first 4,000 of them. And then uh, during that process, I'm looking for manufacturers. So I'm sending out requests for quotes of getting cutting and, and, right. and things like that. And then our manufacturer that we went with he eventually got back to me and he said to me, a couple of the other quotes that you got, I'm going to be better because we do all the cutting for those companies as well. We're the, mm -hmm. we're the, so. That I was ended, in 2018 when we. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, like I said, that was a necessary step because we, I didn't want to stay manufacturing. I, I, just, right. I wanted to have a good manufacturer, but it was, that was kind of an arduous process too, because a lot of manufacturers, they're used to making, you know, build me five or build me 10. And they didn't understand that the, the process where you have to get it at a good enough price so you can scale it. You know, we were having prices coming back more than what our retail price is in mm -hmm. the marketplace now. Right. So it was it was a long process, but um, this manufacturer does a tremendous amount of laser cutting. So mm -hmm. they're able to cut a lot of our parts around everything else that they cut, and that was a real advantage for us. What do you mean around, like time-wise or off the same sheet? They off were cutting the same like sheet. Your little circles yeah. can be cut off the little corner. They can use the, all the weight. So oh, these guys cool. are cutting combine parts and they're cutting trailer parts yeah. and stuff like so, that. So yeah, they'll take the little section. That's and not I used. went with them yeah. with that idea. I asked him what he did with all his 
scrap steel. And he said, well, I haul them in for scrap, you know, just like everybody else. Yep, yep. I said, what if you could get value out of that? What if you could cut these three sixteenths washers yep. uh, all around your other parts? He said, that would, that would definitely give us better value. <laughs> I said, well, awesome. okay, then you can build them for my price. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, man, you have any more questions that kind of come up here? Uh, not yet. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 part, that whole process. My wife, uh, she sews stuffed animals, yep. and uh, okay. we go and sell them at trade shows and stuff like that. But that was how she beats everybody in price too, because she spends a lot of time patterning out large quantities and yep. making sure every little piece of the fabric is used right. right. So when you yes. said that, I was like, totally. That yeah. makes yeah. so much sense. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we got a comment in here from Carly, who's our manager up in Saskatoon, that says, the simplest tools are always the best. Love the GH levelers. Proud to sell them to our customers. They're on every deck quote. So I imagine that you probably did replace those other products on a lot of shelves, I'm guessing. Like, there was some other products out there that gave you adjustability. We talked about them before. Yep. Cindercrete had their thing. Pilex had their thing. Do you Have you found that you've kind of moved in and they've disappeared off the shelves, or are people selling them in tandem? Well, I, I think definitely for some of the retailers, we've impacted the sales of those other products, for sure. I think the real advantage for a retailer is that if you're stocking some of those other products, you have to have various sizes mm -hmm. of those. Uh, or, you know, they have to be able to fit on a 4x4 four four or a 6x6. Six six. Yep. And ours is so simple, um, you just have to stock one product, yep. and it'll fit on everything, and it'll do what those other ones will do. Uh, plus more. I mean, those other ones are designed to go on the bottom. Ours can go on the bottom. Ours can go on the top. Yep. It, it can go, you know, it's just so much simpler. Mm -hmm. and so we also have an engineer certificate that they will hold 18,000 pounds. So they're very robust. And oh, yeah. That's yeah. Because a, a lot of those deal. other ones are what? Like 2750. Yeah. 2750 at the most. At the most. And you're at 18,000. Yeah. We're at 18,000. 18, yeah. So. Yeah. They can be utilized for lots of different purposes. And that's why it is used for a lot of different purposes. You know, mm -hmm. obviously it works great on a deck, but uh, if somebody has something that, you know, like um, the f a footing for their house or their cabin, yep. you yep. know, actually we get a lot of call for, for cabin owners and, and homeowners that just have a crawl space and it's always shifting. And then they'll either add this right to their grade beam or add this to, um, you know, a plate or a sill plate, yep. or they'll make their own little teleposts out of it and stick it underneath there. And we, we actually sell quite a few uh, to is. folks who do that. Yeah. That's really cool. I don't recall, I think you guys first met Wade, and I don't know where it was when he when you WRLA. guys first pitched. Was it a WRLA? Yeah. You kind of pitched, yeah. so you had a booth there at that time? Or? Yeah, yeah, that was our first trade show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been in Calgary, likely? Yeah, and that yeah, was in was. 18. And because I remember him coming back and, and talking about it and trying to explain it to me, whatever. And I like, without seeing it, it's hard to yep. understand why it's simpler than what was already out there. Because in your mind, like those other, those other products were just kind of the way you did it forever. And yep. like the weird, th the weird thing is we all knew the problems with them, but nobody thought like we should do it better. It's just, <laughs> that's just the way it was. You're yep. just going to have the ugly block. You never spent too much time right. thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. So when he came back, he was like, there's a better one. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. But he's like, no, they're like, I think they'll do really well. And of course, when we first saw them, I can't remember when we brought them on. Must have been maybe nineteen, been, maybe then. Well, maybe? it would have been in eighteen. In eighteen. Yeah, because oh, we, we would have saw it in January. In January, right, 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 eighteen right, right. is yeah. when we were at WRL. Yeah, and I can like, and right away, like they they caught on right away, and yeah. we same thing. We don't we don't carry the Cinderkey ones anymore. We we still bring in a handful of the Pilex ones for somebody who's insists on using yeah. them, or right. they have a 
they're already on the deck and they're adding something or whatever. But we yeah. would sell like it's a handful of those anymore. Like yeah. it's it's on its way out, and these things have really taken over because because nobody has. Um, there's no there's no drawback. There's nothing where the other ones win. There's no like yeah yeah right. There's no benefit. Does it hold more? No, it doesn't hold more. The other yeah. ones, right? The, yeah. uh, they're bigger. They're bulkier. They don't look as nice. They don't hold as much. They're they're they take up more shelf space. Right, yeah. and they're like some of those ones even laterally don't have a lot of support no. either. Like they're they, they kind of sit on a stilted way. It's like that yeah. doesn't look super. Yeah. Sturdy. yeah, if your deck isn't you know tethered to your house really good, it, they can be flimsy. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. it can it can actually move. Yeah, whereas you're not going to get that with this. Yeah, and, and the pricing's about the it's, it's similar. They're about yeah. the same, so it's like it's really an easy easy sell. So fast forward to what I'm going to guess was probably sometime last year. Yep. Uh, you guys decided to do what? You decided your TV was in your future. <laughs> that was more collect decided. <laughs> okay. So well, I'm, I'm eager to hear about how this all happened. Yeah. Well, I just kept saying, I think, I think there's an opportunity there and I think we should explore that. So I filled out the Dragon's Den application and sent it in and... Lo and behold, they contacted us. And at that time, we did something virtual with a couple of producers from Calgary and Toronto, I believe. Yep. Um, and so then they liked our pitch and said, would you be able to come to the show? And so we said, absolutely. So, yeah. So that was in February is when we did the pitch. And then we were supposed to go in April to Toronto. And, of course, because of the way things were in the world at that time, they changed it to May, and then, no, we couldn't go then yet, and then we went June 4th is when we did our pitch. So, You made that sound really easy. <laughs> like, Anybody can do it. filled out an application, they called, they said, can you come to Toronto? And <laughs> they also filled out a patent without thinking. So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, so, you filled out the application, and then literally you just kind of sit back and wait, and they, they go through these applications. Like, what's required in that process, I guess? Do you have to send pictures, or do you have to send product, yes. or like... Yeah, no, uh, we didn't send product at that stage. We sent... Um, Some pictures. Pictures. We, we did a little video, too, did we not? No. We oh, didn't. yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we did. we did. Yes, we did. So, and then the producers got a hold of us. Um, uh, we actually had, the year before, we had applied, and the producer producers got a hold of us that year too mm. and um asked us um, and we had to do it virtually that year too as well yeah we did a virtual pitch to them they yeah. said you know we really like the product um so we'll let you know if you make the the live show uh, but is there anything you can do to be more entertaining <laughs> and it, and i'm thinking well i sell a deck leveling footing you know yeah <laughs> like come on I, I don't know i could do a dance yeah <laughs> so but so we didn't make the live show that year. The next year, Colette reapplied and the producers got hold of us again. And just before we did our pitch to the producers, uh, Dragon's Den is really good at, in helping entrepreneurs, uh, you know, have successful, successful pitches. So they had a little uh, pitching one on one tutorial kind tutorial of thing, thing uh, on on uh, on the Internet. So we went on it and we watched it. And Michelle Romano said something that really uh, resonated with me, with both of us. She said, you've got seven seconds to attract our attention. And if you don't, it's just, even if it's a great product, it's hard for us to get into it. Because they see so many pitches, right? So I went to the bedroom and grabbed my 
guitar. <laughs> in my former life, I played in a band for quite oh, a few there years. You go. And came out and I'd, I wrote a little jingle. And that's how we opened our pitch to the producers. And that seemed to be the ticket for us. Uh, was the entertainment part of it, you know, right, because yeah. the show is, it, it's a great show and it's there uh, to showcase entrepreneurs and their product, yeah. but it still has to be entertaining, entertaining, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the things that, that was part of the thought process. And I think that was um, integral in our, us making the, the show as well. So you said something that, that I, uh, put a question in my head. You had a tip from Michelle Romano before the show ever happened. So do you actually, do you go through, do you meet the dragons ahead of time before no. that'll happen? No, or this, how did she this get was that? just an online thing that it they was, had done. We, we oh, got an email saying yeah. they were doing a webinar. Yeah. So if we wanted to join, we I could. See. Yeah. So yeah. It, it wasn't was personal just, advice. It was just no. her saying like, right. they had exactly. done a little stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we were just, we just attended it. We didn't participate in it. We just attended and okay. listened to them. So there's no rehearsal. No. You just like the first time you ever see the five, I think it's usually five of them, yep. is when you walk out there. Exactly. So, how yep. were the nerves feeling on that? Bizarrely, I was not nervous at really? all. Really? We yeah, had really. practiced a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had practiced in front of family and in front of friends. We had okay. done lots. Okay, of, cool. And then, like, the the two days before there, because we had to go early because we had to do COVID tests. Mm -hmm. Right. So then we, and of course everything was shut down because it was COVID, right? Right. So then we just kind of had time to kill. So we would practice constantly. Like just him and I, we would throw, throw questions at each other and yeah. Yeah. So, so. and, and for, for me, I knew the one minute elevator pitch when you get out there and, and you talk to the dragons and, and tell them about your product. And of course I sang my little jingle. That was the part, that was the only part I was worried about. I wanted that to go off nice and smooth. Right. And then w when we did our, the, the elevator pitch and described our product, I wanted that to be fluent. I didn't want to, you know, sometimes you watch a show and people forget what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or forget uh, their numbers or whatever. And so that was the only part that. that I was, um, nervous about but we had practiced practiced it so much uh i tell people it's like if you're play hockey or baseball you're always nervous to get out there you want to get out there yeah. you're nervous yeah but as soon as you get out there the nerves melt away because it's game on i, I know what i'm doing yeah right i just got to do it now yeah and that's what it was for us when we got out in front of the dragons as soon as we walked out yeah, you're a little bit nervous doing the walk down the hallway, but then you walk out there, it's okay. Game on. So cool. that's, that's so how it cool. was for us. If I recall, you had two dragons interested, is that right? Or two offers on the table? We actually had three. Was it see, three? Yeah, see, we were with the dragons for probably about 50 minutes. But you, five zero? Five yeah. zero. Holy smokes. Oh, really? They really yeah. cut that down. Yeah. Hey? yeah. They actually do a really good job because you yeah. can't tell, really, if you look at it. No. So Arlene had actually given us, she was the first one to give us an, an offer. Okay. And then as the other two started debating and... and um, quibbling back and forth, then she said, you know what, Clint, Jeff, I'm going to be out. So she does say that in that pitch okay. or in that segment, but uh, she had made us an offer okay. first. Yeah. And so the ones that were, that were on the show was Manjeet and who was the other one? That and was Vince. Vince. And Vince, mm -hmm. right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, they both made us offers. Okay. So, and then for us, we had to decide, okay, so which is the best offer for us, you know? And you didn't see that part in the editing too, but after we got our offers they said so what do you want to do so Colette and I are sitting there whispering to each other <laughs> trying <laughs> trying to figure out 
which offering we want to go. They don't, they, don't you, they don't let you take some time off. Well, they, they ask. There's a booth you can go to. Okay. And then, yeah. But we've watched the show so many times. As soon as you go to the booth, then they change the deal. Yeah, so they asked, they said, do you want to go to the booth? And we said, nope, we watch the show too much. We're not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so you knew ahead of time there was no chance you were walking off to go discuss no, anything. we knew right. that. That's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, we just took the offer that we felt uh, would be best for us, yep. which was Manjeet's offer. Mm -hmm. So I felt like they didn't really, you said you went in really knowing your numbers, but I felt that they didn't really bring it up a whole bunch to you guys, which I thought was weird. You well, know, see, they, they did in when they were talking to us, but they edited. Oh, I see. I guess oh, yeah. now that all makes sense. I was like yeah. 50 yeah. minutes. Did, remember? Yeah. 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 They brought up the numbers a lot and we talked about the numbers a lot and they're, they're very smart. You know, I didn't even have to tell them my margins. I told them our sales and I told them our cost and bang, they said, okay, we know your margins. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I, I mean, I knew I was prepared for them to ask what our margins and stuff were, but, but they, they knew it right away. Yeah. So, so um, what happens after you yeah, what's next? accept a deal? Because I hear like there's like the there's a bit of a due diligence that happens afterwards yes. to make sure everything checks out. So what does that process look like? The behind the scenes stuff. Go ahead. Well, uh, it it's the the show. What you do in the show and the deal you make on the show is totally different than due diligence. Mm -hmm. uh, the show itself is is primarily for entertainment. Right. So after we made a deal with Manjeet, basically they said, okay, that was the show. Now this is business. Let's sit down and talk business. So um, we submitted uh, a bunch of documentations about our, our sales. We had a business plan. And our patent and, and like our patent. all of that kind of stuff. Does this all happen later then? Yeah. Like it's you all afterwards. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. go home after yeah. you've made the deal and you send that all to your dragon. And then depending on the dragon, um, that can take you know, up to a year or more wow. for, to get through due diligence. Manjeet, she was pretty quick. Um, it didn't take her long. We met because of COVID again, we met, uh, a couple different times virtually. Yep. Um, and at actually at the end of the day, we didn't follow through with a deal with Manjeet. Um, it was kind of a mutual thing. We didn't take, uh, she was going to give us $50,000 for 20%. We recognized that that if we were going to really blow it up, like for example, she's got good ties with Lowe's, so mm -hmm. there's 2,200 locations there. Well, that would take an investment, you know, in the millions. Mm -hmm. And so she decided that, and mutually we decided that we wouldn't be taking that investment from her. But then also we wouldn't be giving up any of our company. Uh, but she did offer to keep helping us with marketing. Mm. So we met, met with her on a couple occasions with marketing advice. And then she also left the door open. She said, when you are ready to take on a big box retailer, Lowe's, she said, I'll be there for you and I'll supply my contacts for you. Cool. Yeah. Well, so that's super cool. It was kind of a win-win for yeah, us. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that you always hear like sometimes they'll do those follow-up stories, right? Like what happened with this? Whatever. Yeah. And often it's like they, the, the deal didn't end up materializing. Yeah. And, and sometimes lots of it times does. That happens. Yeah. I think yeah. Mm -hmm. probably, I guess we've been probably more than, yeah. more than not, it likely falls apart at some point. Right? Actually, but I, I think probably statistically speaking, yeah, more than not. Yeah. yeah. Um, the deal does fall apart, you yeah. know, but, cool. uh, 
you know, making a deal on the air is is really good. I mean, first of all, it's great to make a deal and not do the the walk of shame. Uh, it's also a <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great affirmation of the product too. Yeah, right. When you have dragons wanting the product, but it also the exposure opens you up to all kinds of uh, customers mm. that are interested, but also other investors too. So, so did yeah. the phone did it start the phone start ringing then after that aired? Was yes. it like boom? You started getting calls from like like retailers and investors. You're saying as well, like that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. Both retailers and and some folks that were interested in investing, and of course there was lots of um, there's lots of marketing agencies and stuff that would phone us and say, hey, you know, we can blow this up in yeah, the U.S. Yeah. Right. Just write us a check for 40 grand and... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, exactly. And, and we'll look at it. Yeah, and we'll look at it, <laughs> yeah. you know. So there was lots of that. Uh, but for us, just the exposure, uh, I think, was the biggest thing that was uh, a great takeaway for us. Uh, it also legitimizes it too, right? It, mm-hmm. You know, it's... So we can say it's, it actually really is a good product, you know? Yeah. yeah. So here's... I was wrong, but maybe I wasn't. Maybe it was edited out. I thought, because we were all guessing, like, yeah. are they yeah. going to get a deal? Are they going to get a deal? Yeah. And I thought, because I watched the show quite a bit as well, I thought that they were going to, the words of, this is a product, not a business, was going to come out of their mouths. Because I've seen that a lot with, yes. with companies that come in, that business come in, they have kind of a single product. And the yeah. dragons often, especially when they're looking at box retail, are like, we need a suite of products. What yeah. else can right. you do? Was that ever a concern for them, in your case, that it was just a single product? Not really. No, it wasn't. Um, that, really, hey. Yeah, yeah. That, and I agree with you. I would. I kind of thought they might go down that road, but they didn't. Yeah. Interesting. We did yeah. have a, like Vince, uh, who gave us an offer, said, can you develop more products? And I said, absolutely, we can. Yeah. Um, but for us, we want to get good market share with this product first. Right. To me, I don't want to dilute it with developing other add-on products uh, when they haven't even quite, when the leveler itself hasn't quite caught on right so for example for you guys if you had the lev now you've got the leveler and the base plate on your shelf if i had you know uh extensions for the leveler and maybe uh some plates that could be tilted on an angle for rooftop patios and stuff if i had Mm -hmm. all this stuff with it it would confuse it right i think to start with but i for us once we have an audience or customers that are used to using the leveler the way it is, then we can start introducing some of those other products. Yeah, I think you're right in that, that there's something to be said with just having a, a simple offering too. I know that yep. just to name another product that we carry that we, we really love, the Toyo Grid Pergola system, one of the things that drew me to it initially was the fact that the product itself was very simple and easy to use and modern looking, and it could allow a, you know, a homeowner DIY to put up their own pergola in a couple hours, tops, and be done. But it was also nice that it was like, it was one product, it was modular, you could do different things with it, but it was like the number of SKUs was very so, very small. But over the last couple of years, they've continued to release like, well, we should do ones that have peaked gabled roofs and we should do ones that are this shape. We mm-hmm. should do these brackets. And now it's like, now the SKU catalog is pages long. And right. for me, we're still buying, we're still, they're still good partners of ours and they're still great products. But for me, it's lost a bit of its appeal because it used to be so simple, simple that anybody can understand it looking at one page. Yeah. 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 And eight SKUs, right? Instead of 80 SKUs. And like, you could do all these different things with it. And so I yeah. feel like it's kind of lost a bit of its luster yeah. because it's gotten a little bit complicated. So certainly yeah. there's something to be said with keeping it simple too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and we yeah. want to create brand awareness, right? We mm-hmm. want, you know, when people are thinking about 
building their deck that, you know, they think of the leveler. Oh, we need that product. The, the leveler yeah. in and of itself, though, seems like multiple products just by itself, right? It levels your yes. deck. It levels so your shed. Uses, yeah. It levels your, it's already a suite of products in yeah, one product. Right. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, for sure it is. Right. Yeah, if one leg's short and the other, you can bolt. Yeah, to the you bottom can just bolt it to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, pirates would be they would love it because you could just yeah. right down to the right. ship and you wouldn't fall off. Exactly. <laughs> um, you guys have we've we've ran into you down in the states. I think in Baltimore, yes, you yeah. guys did Deck Expo down there one time. I, don't, I can't yep. remember if you were at other shows or not. But yep. how has the response been outside of Saskatchewan? And the reason I ask that is the whole industry of the pyramid blocks and whatever was very well ingrained here. Everybody, like most decks are built that way here. Yep. But I know in other areas, especially down in the States, they're a lot more strict about their code requirements and they are required to do piles. And I'm guessing that the kind of surface grade block type um, market is smaller down there. Have you found that to be the case yourself, the more resistance in certain markets? Well, definitely the Canadian market itself is what we've been focusing more on yeah. Uh, just because demographically it's easier for us yeah. uh, to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, and we have dabbled in the U.S. Uh, the thing about this product, it's uh, anybody can see how easy it is to use. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also contractors themselves, they get set in their ways. So they're, they're yep. used to building things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And in the States, especially in the northern states, but, but all over. I mean, California, you've got um, shifting soil conditionings all the time. Uh, Colorado, you, you get it too with that lignite soil of theirs. Uh, the northern states, well, they're a lot like us. Yep. They got that freeze-thaw cycle. Yep. And in a lot of their building codes, there is a provision uh, for a certain size and types of decks to be built on the surface of the ground. Um, Sometimes it, it, it just has to be a certain square footage or a certain height. Right. Uh, but generally speaking, a lot of contractors aren't doing it that way. Yet, if you drive down there, and I have uh, kind of a nerd, I'll be driving in a city and I'll take <laughs> off into a, a residential area and I'll see decks built that way, the old way with the pyramid blocks and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's the frustrating part for me is to... Um, when they say, well, we can't do that here because of our building code to say, yes, you can. If it's, if your customer wants this type of deck, this is a very easy way for you to do it. Right. So yeah, I guess my perspective is probably skewed because the, the reference point I'm getting is from contractors in a yeah. Facebook community or ones that I know down there. And they're of course building, you know, to a certain level and they're like, nope, we do piles. That's all we ever do, whatever. But yeah. there's certainly the entire DIY market or other contractors that just don't, yes. don't, don't care about digging holes and putting things in the ground that sure. They well, if you're could in Lake country it, right? or anything like that, right. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to mm -hmm. be able to do the piles and stuff. So yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and you have to keep in mind that the leveler works on a pile too. Yes. I mean, you can just, the only difference yeah. is you put the leveler on a pile and now you have put some adjustability into your deck and some contractors will say, well, once I build a deck, it'll never move. And quite honestly, that's not the case, especially in some of the areas like California, for example, is got a lot of seismic activity there, right? Things move there, right. you know, they just do. So if you have the opportunity to build adjustability into it, why wouldn't you? Right. You exactly. Know? Yeah. But then there's, again, there's that one track mind, uh, attitude. A lot of contractors, if they only use piles, well, that's great. If that's the way they do it, that's fine. Or, st or steel piles, mm -hmm. they're a great product too. Mm -hmm. But there's places where, 
you know, uh, there's camps at lakes and stuff like that, or RV parks, where you can't put down a permanent pile. Right. You know, there's uh, certain areas where there's building restrictions. You can make a building, but it can't have permanent footings. Right. There's national parks and stuff like that have those types of things. So that's the message that we always want to get out for those that say, well, you can't use that here. Well, in some cases, this might be the only product that you can use Mm-hmm. that's going right. to, you know, address some the of these issues. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that shows my naivete and yeah, the whole right. thing because I, I didn't realize that. I thought this would, this would kind of be your hotbed where we're a little bit more relaxed on oh, building inspection things than some of the markets. We quite a but number of stores in Ontario as well because, yeah. again, Jeff, before COVID hit, Jeff and I took our camper and drove out to Toronto and we actually met people, you know, went into stores and showed them the product and, so we're in, I, you know, I don't even know the number of stores that we're in, but we're probably in 40 to 50 stores across wow. uh, Ontario. And how many total would you think, would you say? Like you've got quite a, you probably have the most support here because you, you, you started here because and you kind of yes, grew out yeah, from Because we've right? been able to, to go to the stores and, and we've got some in Alberta too. Yeah. Um, BC's a little bit, but we're hoping to do a road trip this uh, spring to kind of. Face-to-face sales. Total is, yep. is. I, I think we're 145 stores, I wow. think. Yeah. Wow. That across across Canada. Pretty sweet Canada. gig. Like, yeah. Let's <laughs> up the trailer and go to some, like, sweet, beautiful <laughs> parts of the country and sell things while we're doing it. Like, that sounds perfect. Yep. <laughs> so your, your strategy, for the most part, you do, you do uh, trade shows, and then you do uh, just walk into a store, no appointment necessary kind of thing, Should walk in and be like, what Absolutely. do you think? Absolutely. We don't let them know we're coming. We yeah. We cold call. Gives them a chance to say no, yeah. right? Yeah, and and the thing is, for us, uh, we learned uh, early on that we've probably got something like a 90% um, success rate if Colette and I walk in a store Mm. with our product in hand. So it doesn't make sense for us to to not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, COVID really put a, you know. Makes it tougher. Kibosh that for two years because it wasn't responsible for us to be going in and out of all those retailers. But now that we're kind of seeing the end of that, we're going to get back to that. And yeah, when we walk in, um, of course, we're walking into a lot of independent retailers uh, where the owner is there and they've got a vested interest in having yeah. new and in- innovative products for their customers. And when we show it to them, they, you know, especially the ones that have building background, they get it right away and mm-hmm. they can see an opportunity for that product mm-hmm. and we make a sale. And that's the other thing we do when we go on a sales trip. Uh, we take the camper and we take my one-ton truck and I load it up with levelers. And so when they say, you know, it's we probably would try a couple boxes or 10 boxes, I say to them, well, here it is right here. Welcome yep. to the truck. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is the best sales tactic. Right. Yeah. If you want it, I got it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right here. <laughs> yeah. You know, interestingly enough, we've been in several retailers, and Colette can attest to this, where we're standing in line waiting to talk to the lumber manager and we've had a customer come up and say, where'd you get those? I want to buy those. <laughs> that's cool. And that's ah, the best that's sales so cool. pitch right there. Well, we were talking about this before we started the podcast about virtual anything, trade shows. And we were talking about how like the mm-hmm. point of a trade show, the, the nice thing about a trade show is being able to touch and feel the products. It's hard to sell something from a pitcher. Mm-hmm. It is. But, like, even though your product is so simple, yep. there's something to be said about putting your hands, twisting it around, being like, absolutely. I, totally oh, I get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. right. Yeah. And even... Myself, like I said, Wade tried to explain it to me, and I'm like, what makes it better than what than yep. the other ones that also do the twisty rod thing? Like, what's, yeah. 
but then you see it and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have one comment here from Haney Construction. I can't remember where he's from. New Jersey area? Somewhere in the States. I used to make these myself every time I needed them. So glad that there's now a commercially available and engineered engineering rating option. Yep. So perfect. To nice. your point, simple idea. Just took somebody to like yep. take it beyond the shop. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Monk J man, what's the product I just logged in? So the product is called GH Leveler. What's your website? It's, so it's it's www.ghleveler.com. That's with two L's or yep. three L's, depending on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, com. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, for those who are just kind of tuning into this, maybe a little bit late, uh, an adjustable footing for decks, sheds, anything that needs leveling. Yeah. It gives a it gives what do you, what do you get like three inches or four inches of adjustability on there? Yeah, about about three three and a half inches, something yeah. like that. Okay. And if uh, and if they just Google G H the leveler and spell it with two L's, we've got enough presence out there that you'll find you'll, it. You'll, you'll find it. Yeah. yeah. And they can yeah. see they can actually see our dragon's den pitch on there too. Oh, nice. Sure. Scroll down a little bit. So. Oh, yeah, cool. So that's been helpful, too, to, for people mm-hmm. to kind of see the... Yeah, 100%. Picture. It legitimizes you in th- in consumers' Consumerized. minds, too, a little bit. Yes. It's like, oh, that's been on Dragon's Den? I yeah. Mean, Build some yeah. trust. As seen on TV type yeah. of thing, right? Yep. Um, of course, you can also buy them from tuds.ca if you're just Absolutely. a consumer, <laughs> consumer <laughs> looking <laughs> to try a few out. I'll just sneak that in there. Um, so what's next? One thing, you mentioned extensions. Is that... Like, I'm, you know, on way Shane wants to like, know. Yeah. But the one thing that we do find sometimes is like, it'd be nice if it had just a little bit more adjustability because there's been the odd year where three and a half inches isn't enough. Like yeah. right. this soil here just is bolt them together. Three years ago, whatever it was when it, or four years ago, maybe we had just the driest yeah. summer ever. Like it rained like once in May yeah. and that was all we got all year. And then once in like September or something mm-hmm. yeah. and the ground shrunk so much that a lot of our builders, contractors that had built decks in the spring were having to go back out in the fall already and cut longer posts because the deck had dropped like five inches, six inches in some yeah. spots. Has there been, is there, can you tell us, are you going to come up with a longer threaded rod or an extension option or is that still hush hush? Well, it, no, it's not hush hush. It's something that we're looking at. Um, so th- there's two ways that we can make it uh, so that the product has, is longer so we can make a longer rod you can make a rod uh, either a, a product with a longer rod there's um, ideas we've had to actually just make a little like a little stud extender so you could actually add it on uh, mm. to the leveler mm. uh, but we're also looking at perhaps making uh, just an add-on to the base that's maybe two or three inches big so it could just slide on and now you don't have to do any more you just adjust just run it all the way up again, slide right. this on and then, and then just adjust. like a big shim in a way. Kind yeah, of exactly. sits in a plate, but something that slips onto the leveler. So it's yeah. simple, easy to do yep. the same diameter as the base. It'll be powder coated. So it's, um, you know, aesthetically it'll still look good. And, uh, with my, uh, way of thinking, we want to do things that are simple, simple, yep. Yep. simple, simple. Yeah. And, and so there's lots of things that we can do in that regard, but whatever it's going to be, it's going to be really simple, mm-hmm. you know. And until that happens, you know, it is nice if it does sh- shift, you can actually take that three and a half inches that it's adjusted out, run it all the way up and just shim up your pad a little bit, yep. you know, with some crushed rock or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and then run her back down and away you go again. Yep. Yeah, so. you can. there's certainly a ways to get, to get around mm-hmm. it if, because that's an extreme circumstance. In most cases, yeah. that three inches would be enough. Way more yeah. than Mostly enough. dealing with the frost heave, which is a inch right. or two or right. maybe yes. three, but like that's yeah. usually what you're dealing with, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and in really bad areas, sometimes it's adjusted all the way up, but then all of a sudden, a year or two later, you're starting to you're run adjusting it Adjusting it down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, you're definitely going up and down. Uh, every spring and fall in our area with yeah. a frost heave. Yeah, my, my dad put them on his shed and he's out at the lake and he's constantly adjusting them yeah. like every yeah. year, right? Because the yeah. water table is so high. So. Right. And it shifts and yep. changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Monk Jamin says, Oh, I have uh, Instagrammed them before. So there you go. You got some notoriety out there. Oh, perfect. Uh, WC Building Supplies in Sylvan Lake. Are you in there? Do, you have, do they have your stuff? No. Ooh, well, no. here's your chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we are in Sylvan Lake, are we not? No. Um, no, we're not there. We're in Lacombe, I think. Lacombe, yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, WC Building Supplies, Sylvan Lake. Oh, yeah, no, uh, Sylvan Go to ghleveler.com, put your, <laughs> put your order in. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to tell us about your product or what you're up to these days? Yeah, I think for us now, it's just uh, we're – really optimistic now that it's the end of COVID. Uh, and, you know, we've had a good wet year. There seems to be a lot of optimism in the market. Mm-hmm. So we're just, we're quite hopeful that this is going to be uh, a banner year for us. Good. You know, and and we see lots of people wanting to get back and do outdoor projects and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, we're super excited to be able to go and meet with customers again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Meet with the retailers. And exactly, yeah. That's yeah, that's going to be nice. It's a long time coming. Yeah. Where can people find you in person? You're going to be at WRLA next week, so if there's any dealers in uh, Western Canada slash Western Ontario yep. uh, going to the show, you'll be there. Yep. Anything else on the books right now for other areas? Uh, just a sales trip. We've got a sales trip uh, planned through part of Alberta and BC to start. Okay. Um, and that's going to happen in the middle of April. Uh, but other than that, um, we're easy to get a hold of. Uh, all my contact information is on our website. And uh, if they just Google GH the Leveler, it'll, it'll come up right there. And uh, for us, we're a pretty simple operation. You just need to get a hold of us. And uh, and we'll look after you. It's that's always Jeff and I. So yeah, that's always <laughs> I've always liked that about you guys. Like yeah. r- like we're Saskatchewan people. You're Saskatchewan people. Yeah. It's just an easy relationship, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we're pretty low maintenance too. It's like we put in order. It's like we need yeah. these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When uh, next time you're in town? Yeah. And then yeah. you guys drop them all off. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. So that's awesome. Okay. So for anybody listening who's interested in uh, learning more about the product, you guys have Instagram and Facebook and whatnot as well. We do. Yeah. The uh, gh gh the leveler dot com. Uh, GH Leveler. Sometimes the, sometimes not. Yeah. GH Leveler with two L's.com to find out more information and you can get a hold of uh, Jeff and Clint if you're interested in trying out their product. So thank you guys for taking out time of your day to to spend it with us and teach people about stuff. Thanks for having us. You betcha. Until next week, folks. See you later. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.